Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Tonight, uh, we are going to be talking about critical race theory. And the reason why is because Sunday, we've got Dr. James Lindsay coming, who has written a phenomenal book called Cynical Theory. He's going to be at all three of our services on Sunday morning. You're going to want to tune in for that. And we're going to set the stage on our broadcast tonight so that it's going to tantalize you a little bit. And by the way, if you can't make it Sunday morning, but you do tune in and then you want to see him on our live stream, we're going to be posting next Wednesday, next week, a live stream uh, with Dr. Lindsay. So we got to equip folks because this is the most critical issue facing America today. We have folks out there wanting race riots. They want to pit us against one another over an immutable trait the content of our melanin, and they want to teach it in our schools. And tonight's uh, program is critical. So buckle up. It's time for liftoff. Here we go. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. My country tears of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Well, good evening, everybody. Again, thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. Tonight, we're going to be talking about critical race theory, which is uh, probably the most critical issue facing America today because they're attempting to divide and conquer, applying what they call the Hegelian dialectic, where they pit us against one another. They exploit historical wounds of past racism, and now they want to reverse it, and they want our children to feel as though they're less than another child simply because of an immutable trait by the content of melanin. This is not racial reconciliation. This is racism at its worst. And it is now in our school systems. And they say it's not. And they're trying to back away from the critical race theory uh, mantra. They're trying to redefine it, which is what they do. It's semantics. We're going to show you how they, they subtly do that. You're going to watch a couple of clips. We're going to walk you through their strategies. And yet, even still, we have Gary Hammack, pastor at Cornerstone Calvary Chapel in Loudoun County in Leesburg, Virginia. This man is fearless, and uh, the large portion of the folks attending this school board meeting in Loudoun County that you're going to witness all come from his congregation. They're standing up in defiance uh, to this 
this absolute heinous indoctrination of our children that is seeking to destroy our nation. And, and I'm not, listen, that's not hyperbole. This is legitimate. It is the most critical issue facing Americans today as far as the survival of this amazing republic we've been given. And this is at the Loudoun County School Board. Uh, you're going to see a parent speaking up in opposition to critical race theory. They don't want to contend. They don't want to debate. They just want to silence the opposition. They want to um, make them feel stupid, uh, malign them, and just dispense with any opposition so that they can push through their agenda. Take a look at this clip from the Loudoun County School Board, a, a parents coming out in droves contending against critical race theory, and these elected officials who govern by our consent, there's not consent in that audience. And so here's how they deal with folks that don't like the way that they're operating when they govern by our consent and they're not happy with them. Look at how this school board responds to these parents of children in their school board, uh, in their school district, and these school board members are supposed to do the bidding of the parent. No, that's not how it's working. Take a look at this. It's tragic. Watch this. This board has a dark history of suppressing free speech. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color. And you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. I am disgusted by your bigotry. Joe Mobley to be followed by Donna Russell. <laughs> And these parents who love their nation, love their kids, love God, uh, they, 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 they don't want racism taught in their schools, and uh, they believe America to be this great vestige of all men being created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. They love their country, which you don't have to be ashamed of that. It is, it is not racist to be an American. It's not racist to love your country. It is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. More folks want to come to this nation because of its freedom. Uh, they want to teach our children to hate it, and so they want to remove the national anthem. Well, these parents brave, and I wish this would happen at every school district across America. Check this out, spontaneous. These parents don't put up with it. Check out this clip. can't carry a tune all that well, but doggone it if they're not spirited and thrilled about it. And they just continue to want to silence parents. More of this clip. Just take a look at it. It's tragic. Madam Chair, I move to end public comment. Motion made by Ms. Reeser and seconded by Ms. King. All in favor, please raise your hand and say aye. Aye. Thank you. The motion carries 9-0. Public comment is now ended. We will move to our next agenda item. Basically, what they're saying is, if we want your opinion, we'll give it to you. Shut up, do as you're told, and like it. Uh, we don't want to hear from the public, even though we are uh, servants, public servants, and they're supposed to do the bidding of we, the people, who is the sovereign in the country. Let's just do away with public comments. Tragic! Well, welcome to America. It is now becoming tyranny du jour. 
and uh, one of the biggest spokespersons and defenders of critical race theory who's trying to dance around it, redefine the wording, the semantics. Joy Reid from MSNBC, she is calling one of the parents a racist and she mocks her. Uh, Joy Reid, wow. Uh, take a look at this. We've seen a growing movement to reframe how American history is taught in public schools. Well, some parents who are opposed to critical race theory as new curriculum aren't too pleased. Just because I do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that I'm a racist, damn it. <laughs> it's a, actually, it does. It's just another example of Republicans turning kids into a wedge issue, just like their politically motivated attacks on transgender youth who just want to play sports. Transgender youth who want to play sports. In a moment, I'm going to show you a picture of a New Zealand weightlifter, a biological male, who couldn't compete uh, with men, so he transgendered into female uh, weightlifting, dominated it, and now is going to be the New Zealand um, uh, representative for women's weightlifting. And what's fascinating is they say that you can't, uh, people who claim that my skin color gives me an advantage don't think that someone who's biologically male has an advantage over biological females. And this is science is what they're trying to push over on us. This is what they want to uh, implement in our school system. And they're telling us that we're using children as a wedge issue. Whenever they say that you're responsible, they're the ones doing it. It is gaslighting. And, and here is a picture of that weightlifter. You got to see this. The same people, take a look at this. Uh, the, the same people who claim my skin color gives me an advantage don't think this dude has an advantage competing against biological women. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, if, 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 uh, if that's what you call a woman, I, I, that's pretty tragic. I don't know. But anyways, um, <laughs> the government is, is to be feared. And that's why our founders established that we are the sovereign in the nation. It's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And when the government silences the sovereign, shuts off their mics, doesn't allow public comments, we got a problem here. That's called tyranny. And because this is Vintage McCoy and History Matters, we're going to go back in the archives and we're going to bring a voice of reason, uh, the late, great President Ronald Reagan. Uh, and he's, he's being interviewed by the late Johnny Carson. That's back when... Uh, uh, late night television talk shows were pleasant and apolitical, but here's Johnny Carson interviewing the late Ronald Reagan. Uh, both of these men were great gifts to the country. Take a look at this clip, Wisdom from Reagan. So everybody is confused. Uh, how, how, how do you see the thing? What, how are we going to get out of this? Well, uh, Johnny, I think that one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. A moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but right. low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles, and we're better off than any other people on Earth. And we've asked so much of government, and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. <laughs> Such wisdom. We'd never miss them. I remember when they had the government shut down, the IRS shut down. I mean, nobody really, our lives went on. 
It's like, yeah, just shut it down for a while. That'd be awesome. And, and, and Reagan, uh, voice of reason. And, and folks, listen, you, you pull up stuff from the past because it's, it, they've already walked through this landmine. They, they know this minefield. Uh, they know where all the problems exist. And when you research history, you're prepared for the future because these, this isn't the first time problems like this have arisen. It's not the first time that America's been under attack for an attempt to try to divide us and implement socialism and communism. They, they are just dressing it, up, dressing it up, trying to present it as a, a new thing. It's not. They talk about democratic socialism. I, I've told you this before. I saw this meme. It was hilarious. It, it showed a pile of dog dew, and it said, this is socialism. And then it showed in the next picture, this is democrat socialism, and they're just putting sprinkles on the top of it. Same stuff, presented in a different way. Try to dress it up, but it's still awful. We don't want it. Governor DeSantis knows the value of it. I have to tell you, I have Governor Envy. I've had the privilege to meet this man. He's brilliant. He was a JAG. He worked with our special forces in the Navy. He's a commissioned officer. Now he's the governor of the state of Florida. Uh, he's had less of a death rate, although his median age is higher because it's the retirement community than California has. His businesses are flourishing. Uh, his economy's flourishing. His, his state is doing well. He's on the front line of innovative thought. He is an amazing governor. People are fleeing this state to go to that one. I can't tell you how many people I know that have moved to Florida as a result of this leadership. Like uh, Congressman McClintock said, only one thing can cause people to leave the beauty of California for the wastelands of Texas, or excuse me, for the wastelands of Texas and the deserts of Nevada, and that's uh, bad government. Well, now you don't have the deserts of Nevada, the wastelands of Texas. You've got a beautiful state of Florida, and people are moving there in droves. Their population increased. They're gaining congressional representation uh, because their population is increasing while we're losing seats in California because of terrible government. And you pit uh, uh, Governor Newsom up against Governor DeSantis, and I'll tell you what, any day of the week, uh, Governor DeSantis makes California look like a third world country the way that he's led that state. He's an amazing gift to the people of Florida. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who's going to be running for president, but if he's on that ticket, that's one guy I'm really impressed with. And uh, this, this is what uh, Governor DeSantis has done in contending with critical race theory and, and teachers unions that hate America and want to teach our kids that America's awful, wanting to implement the 1619 Project, which is an absolute separate form of history. It's revisionist history. They want to go to the colonial period. Let's, listen, let's, let's teach colonialism uh, historically and really look at how the Reformation and the folks that came over here with the Geneva Bible and the pilgrims and all that implemented. Let's do it legitimately with source documentation, not this fanciful uh, you know, revisionist history of the 1619 Project. If they can implement the 1619 Project and separate the kids history from our history, then they've got a divided nation. You must contend this cannot be taught in our schools. It's vile. It is not uh, scholastically uh, honorable. It is a gimmick. It's a scam, and it's revisionist history, and Governor DeSantis is not putting up with it. Look what this governor's done. I wish ours would, but, well, he's up for a recall. Let's see if we can't get someone better. But here's Governor DeSantis. Take a look at this clip. I put in a civics requirement in 2019 for high schools. We're expanding that to include discussions of the evils of communism and totalitarianism. And then also we're creating a Patriot Museum, Patriot Library, 
where we have stories of Floridians who fled from communist regimes. And so this will show the effect that these bad policies had on people's freedoms and livelihoods. Well, there you go. I mean, this is this is absolutely awful what they're teaching our kids and Governor DeSantis isn't putting up with it. It's no wonder folks are moving to that state in droves, why they're getting more representation uh, with con congressional members and while, why we are losing them, even though we count everyone who comes across the border and we give them benefits as they come across the border. We count them so that we can uh, somehow with the census retain our congressional seats. Uh, I, I have a feeling that if we really did it honestly in California, we would have lost more than what we've lost. Um, and and I, I just just simple doing projected data in our own community of the people who've left, it's evident. And, and folks are heartbroken. They grew up here, they raised their families here, and they can no longer afford to live in this state. And there's a reason why Florida is growing at exponential uh, rate and, and why we are not. Um, and so that brings us back again to this clash with critical race theory uh, and, and this war within. We're watching it implemented in the, in the Pentagon. We're watching a, a general uh, address the fact that he is, he's teaching critical race theory and why he defends that. It's just awful what's happening across this country and this must stop. You must be educated. Come out this Sunday, hear Dr. James Lindsay share. Uh, tune in next Wednesday as we have him on this program. Make sure that you're highly educated and you are active in making sure that this goes no further, at least within the, the confines of the Conejo Valley Unified School District. Stand up and oppose this with every ounce of energy you possess. Uh, here's a clip watching uh, Shannon Bream on Fox News. Actually a friend, I've had the privilege to have dinner with Shannon, Shannon Bream. My wife and I got a chance to meet her. She's a lovely lady. Uh, she is a, a sweet Christian woman. She. Uh, she has a, her husband struggling with health issues, and they have been just tireless. I, I, there are times she's, she's real balanced, probably more so uh, than most on, on Fox News. She's, she's kind of the, 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 the picture of what, what a, a reporter should be. Um, I, I've been on her program. There's times where I can tell she likes me, but she's not going to defend me. That's a good reporter. I, I know her, her position and her opinions, but she's just asking the questions and throwing it out there. Uh, she, she's not a commentator for the most part. She's a true journalist. And uh, take a look at this clip. Uh, this, this, is, this is Shannon, and she's doing a great job. Take a look at this clip. And one of the things we have been told in recent weeks is that there is no such thing as CRT, that um, it's being drummed up uh, by people on the right and uh, with an agenda to go after wokeism or to go after progressives or the left, or that it's being misconstrued. Um, but uh, Benny Johnson is among those who got some leaked documents out of Iowa. And we have a couple of his tweets and the documents you'll see as well. He says that these were telling teachers uh, how to identify certain things, including white supremacy and something. Uh, well, I'll read what he says. Leaked documents from the Iowa school system shows teachers are forced to class make America great again which millions of Americans have the t-shirt uh, the hat that's what they uh, support as a type of racism or white supremacy it's done through mandatory critical race theory training forced on teachers at taxpayers expense so um, you know these documents are out there and and they sound rather political if you're going to take a slogan from a very specific candidate a very specific party uh, and tell kids that's white supremacism or racist racism um, I think parents should be able to have a conversation about that. So I think absolutely. And I think that there's a lot that's wrong with that document, but I actually had a chance to review it more closely. And some of the things that bothered me were actually further down in that same image where 
This school and the teachers were being taught that notions like colorblindness were evidence of white supremacy, that the statement that we are all part of one human family is evidence of white supremacy, that celebrating Columbus Day was a covert form of white supremacy. And to me, that shows us how far along we've come along the spectrum where we have tried to use the word racism, which has all of the connotations of a pernicious form of racism from the past, which is discriminating and behaving on the basis of discrimination against people on the basis of the color of their skin, to now actually meaning the exhibiting, uh, the, the embracing of ideas like colorblindness, which used to be the opposite of racism. And so I think we have to either get to a moment where racism actually means the thing that we thought it meant, which was pernicious discrimination on the basis of somebody's skin color, or else the word racism is completely meaningless. And if you're called a racist, that isn't any longer the worst thing that you could possibly call. It's actually something completely meaningless. But right now what the left has done with its, with its jujitsu around language is to try to import the connotations of what we used to think of as racism, but now using it to describe any idea that disagrees with what the left has to say today. And we need to call that out for what it is and say that, you know what, in this moment, maybe, maybe being called racist isn't the worst thing if racism really means embracing ideas like colorblindness. All right, Vivek, uh, I've got so many more questions for you, but you're always kind to come back. So, Saul Alinsky said, if you can control the language, you can control the education of the children. And the idea is they're just redefining the terms. And this pernicious attack on someone based on an immutable trait of the color or of the content of melanin or, or the lack thereof is, is not racist. And, and yet they're saying that if you believe that there's one human race based on Acts 17, that you're a racist, and that's a direct attack on religious liberty. That's a direct attack on scriptural relevance. And, and this is being taught in a school district that was plus nine Republicans. So your children uh, are going off to a school and they're teaching contrary values to what you believe with your tax dollars and, and, you know, we showed this on, on the program long before Shannon did uh, of what Benny Johnson had come up with, with these leaked documents. And they're, they're, they're saying they're not doing it and they're doing it. Uh, th this is how they operate. And then when you go to a school board meeting, they shut off your mic, they cancel public comments. <sighs> and and Ibram uh, X. Kendi, who is the guru of critical race theory, this is the guy whose book is being sent out to all naval personnel uh, by the admiral who sits on the Joint Chiefs of Staff that they're supposed to read Ibram X. Kendi's book. We're indoctrinating our military personnel. And uh, Joy Reid talks to Christopher Rufo. Uh, they had had a little exchange and contention before. But take a look at Joy Reid, who is the defender of critical race theory, although she's jumping away from the term and trying to say it's a bunch of other things. And that's all the semantics. That's what Saul Alinsky talks about. Just redefine whatever the word means and use it for your benefit. Here's Joy Reid uh, pretzeling herself and trying to contend and talk about Ibram Kendi. Here's a clip. We reached out to him. We asked him, we asked him if he's a critical race theorist. He said, I admire critical race theory, but I don't identify as a critical race theorist. I'm not a legal scholar, so I wasn't trained on critical race theory, I'm a historian. And Chris would know this if he actually read my work or understood that critical race theory is taught in law schools. I didn't attend law school, which is where critical race theory is taught. It's really the only place it's taught. We, 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 NBC has looked well, into everywhere and it's not taught in elementary school. But hold on a second. This is the second thing he said, which is strange to well, me no, that you... Let, wait, let wait, me respond. Wait, 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 this, is, this is not a monologue. This One should moment. be a dialogue, no, right? Uh, Am I right? It's, well, it's my show, so it's, it's how I want to do it. So let me, let me read you one more quote from him. 
because you've made a lot of claims about critical race theory saying that white Americans are inherently racist, that, that racism is inherent to whiteness. Um, and that is one of the core charges that you're making about, you know, these sort of what you consider like sort of woke studies in school. This is what Ibram Kendi has said in his own words. He said, we've been taught that racist is essential to who a person is. It's a fixed category. It's in someone's heart. That's one of the reasons why people are unwilling to or unable to admit the times in which they're being racist, because it's not just admitting I was being racist in that moment. Basically, we're tattooing racist on our forehead for the rest of our lives. Isn't that the opposite of what you're arguing? Well, I'll say two things. First of all, it's very interesting to me that so many people are now running away from the race of uh, the, 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 the no, label that's... of critical race theory. But He's I'm not gonna, a critical I'm race theorist. Just, hold on. I'm going to quote two critical race theorists, Barbara Applebaum with the book Being Good, Being White. She says, quote, all white people are racist. Uh, Robin DiAngelo, who's another critical whiteness She's studies scholar, says that, theorist. quote, nope. all, all, white identity is inherently racist. So nope. what you're doing is you're playing a series of word games. Nope. You know that critical nope. whiteness studies That's is a ironic. subfield of critical race theory? No, it's not. Uh, these things are all deeply interrelated. No, they're not. They're and, not. And, and, and I'm not going to let not. you play word games. And this is, I, this well, is really, I think, funny. the most essential thing. H hold on. Hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me no, respond at least once. I no, haven't gotten a full no, sentence no. out. Because I'm, I'm not going to let you. See, one of the things that, I, and I don't know, you probably never watched me on TV, just, you know, we didn't know who each other were, you know, not so long ago. But I don't allow people to just make up and say lies on the show. It's just not really right to do that. <laughs> this is my show. You'll shut up, do as you're told, and like it. And I don't allow people to make up things. I solely have that right to do it. Uh, he, he, he doesn't back down. Uh, Chris Rufo, uh, he calls out uh, the Manhattan Institute. He was, he, he's, he, you got to just see it because she bit off more than she can chew. And uh, this guy does a number. Watch this next clip. Raucous school board meetings are one result of a national campaign by political operatives to eradicate curriculums on racial and other forms of equity, which, mind you, is not the same thing as critical race theory. One of those operatives, critical race theory opponent, Christopher Rufo, joins me now. And Christopher, thank you so much for making some time to be with us this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's start out. Do the elephant in the room. So so you and I started off on a little bit of a Twitter beef. Um, I talked about you. I quoted you um, in an article um, that one of our uh, great journalists here uh, at NBC had quoted you in a piece, and I quoted that on TV. Uh, and then you tweeted um, that you wanted to come on the show and said, you know, I didn't have the courage to put you on. Now I will just note that Twitter is a, for, is a hyperbole zone. So you know, I, it, whatever. It's all water under the bridge. But I just want to just get to a. a couple of little factual things. Why would I need courage to have you on? Are you like an expert in, you know, race or racial history? Are you a lawyer? Are you a legal scholar? Is that part of your background? Uh, yeah, I'm a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, uh, where I'm running their initiative on critical race theory. And uh, the reason that I reached out on Twitter to you, and I appreciate you having me on, I enjoy this oh. kind of cross-partisan dialogue. But the reason is, not just because you were attacking me on air, which I think is fine. It's politics. Well, wait, that's one game. second. Just, I'm but, sorry. I wasn't attacking. I was reading your quote. So that's what I did. I read your Sure, but you were reading it with the framing, calling me a political operative, which I'm not. I'm actually a think tank scholar. But uh -huh. let's put all that aside. The problem that I have is that you've really spread uh, four, I think, key false pieces of information about critical race theory. Okay. You've claimed in recent weeks that critical race theory isn't being taught in schools. Mm -hmm. You've claimed that most American public school students learn what you call Confederate race theory and are taught that slavery was, quote, not so bad. You've claimed that state legislation will prevent schools from teaching about the history of racism. And finally, you've claimed that critical race theory isn't rooted in the philosophical tradition of Marxism. Uh, and I think that all four of those claims are wrong, and I'd love to discuss them tonight.
So he just he, he lays it out and he points out this this is this is where y- you have made these assumptions, you've made these claims, and they're all wrong. And and her her approach, and you can just see the snide kind of a, a, approach. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're you're a scholar. Uh, you're part of the Manhattan Institute. Yeah, right. Okay. And and are you a legal scholar? Are you a historian? Are you an expert on critical race theory? And he just says, yes, I am. Uh, I'm a fellow. And you don't just get that position by being an idiot. You've got to have serious scholastic uh, achievement and accomplishments. And uh, it it's it's frustrating because the reality is racism is coming from the left. They are the authors of it. They are the sustainers of it. They've done it since their inception, especially Democratic Party. You, you, you see this, they're redefining it, and they're implementing it, and they're gaslighting us, and they're, they're implementing it in the schools, they're implementing it in our military, they're implementing it in our government, they're implementing it in all of our sports realms with the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, on and on and on. And yes, it is in our school. Yes, they're being taught. We're watching newscasters who are being fired as a result of it. We're watching teachers being threatened because of it. And now they're educating our children with a false history and they want to create racism. They want to create racism. And and this is exactly what they're doing. And uh, Harvard, which used to be, it was a school that was designed for the furtherance of the gospel to educate ministers. They've got unbelievable endowments. And now they have managed to be um, probably some, some of the greatest supporters of racism. Take a look at this PragerU clip in relation to the discrimination against Asian Americans by Harvard University. PragerU. Can you imagine in this day and age an educational institution discriminating against a racial minority? Can you imagine what the outcry would be? You mean you're preventing these qualified students from attending your college because of the color of their skin? Well, you don't have to imagine it. It's happening. And at arguably the most prestigious college in America, my alma mater, Harvard. The ethnic minority isn't blacks or Jews as it was in years past. The target this time is Asian Americans, and it's just as wrong. After millions of dollars in legal fees, millions of records examined, and hundreds of hours of depositions and testimony, Harvard's once purposely opaque admissions policies have been laid bare. It's not a pretty picture. Here's what we now know. Harvard admissions rates student applicants in three main ways. One, academic performance. Two, extracurricular achievements. Three, personal qualities. That's fine as far as it goes if the criteria were applied fairly, but they're not. Asian American applicants consistently score higher in the first two criteria, academics and extracurricular activities, which can be objectively assessed than white students, Latinos, and African Americans. So how does Harvard justify its Asian American quota? With the help of category three, personal qualities, which include vague and largely subjective factors like likability, maturity, integrity, and effervescence. According to Harvard's own internal reports, Asian American applicants are routinely and systematically marked much lower on this personality scale by Harvard admissions officers who almost never meet or interview applicants. But here's the kicker. The personality ratings given to Asian students by admissions officers are vastly different than the personality ratings Harvard gets from its own alumni interviewers who actually meet the applicants in person. 
alumni interviewers score Asian applicants as high as whites. In other words, Harvard artificially and fraudulently downgrades Asians on personality to get the results it wants. And what Harvard wants is to suppress the number of Asian Americans admitted. Based on the data that Harvard was forced to turn over, economist Peter Arcidiacono of Duke University concluded that with the same application profile in terms of test scores, extracurricular activities, and personality factors, an Asian American male applicant would only have a 25% chance of admission versus 32% if white, 77% if Hispanic, and 95% if black. What's the real life result of all this? In 2013, Asian Americans made up 19% of the incoming freshman class. According to Harvard's own Office of Institutional Research, if the personality factors had not been rigged, that percentage would have been 43%. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 guarantees that no person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in or be denied benefits of or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Each year, Harvard takes hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government. In Grutter v. Bollinger, the Supreme Court upheld the University of Michigan Law School's affirmative action policies, deciding that race could be used as a plus factor to achieve diversity, but never as a quota. Yet by placing strict limits on the percentage of Asian American applicants it will admit, racial quotas are exactly what Harvard is using. One strongly suspects this quota system isn't limited to Harvard. In the last 10 years, Asian American students have been limited to an 18 to 22% presence across the Ivy League. Or maybe that's just a coincidence. Writing for the majority in Grutter v. Bollinger in 2003, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote that the court expects that 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. With less than a decade to go, the Ivy League shows no indication that it's giving up on those racial preferences. Instead, these colleges have doubled down. Objective standards regarding admissions continue to be increasingly disfavored as the illegal goal of racial balancing is advanced. This racial balancing is justified by the left's desire to achieve racial diversity. Its insistence on seeing every person only through the prism of race, as if the most important thing any of us has to offer is the color of our skin. Not long ago, that was called racism. It's still called racism. It needs to end once and for all for the sake of deserving Asian American students, for the sake of Harvard's own integrity, and for the sake of the American principle that the rules must be the same for everyone. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court John Roberts said it best, the way to stop discrimination on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. It's time we did just that. I'm Lee Chang of the Asian American Legal Foundation for Prager University. Dennis Prager is an, a wonderful human being. He's my friend. I love the work they do. It's scholarly, it's, it's insightful, and it's timely. And really, uh, this is what we're up against, folks. Uh, they want to pit our children against one another based on an immutable trait by the content of melanin or the lack thereof. It's racist. It's completely racist. 
That's what they're trying to implement. That's what they have implemented in the Conejo Unified School District. They're going to get folks to say otherwise, just like Joy Reid does. The reality is they are doing this. And you say, well, you know what, Pastor, you're out of the bounds. You can't legislate morality. Yes, you can. Every law ever established is based on someone's morality. Laws are designed so that we live together in, in a, a, a unified way. And when you start weaponizing the law to suppress a, a, another race of people, that is called racism. And so, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we're supposed to educate our children. That's why we really need to be contending at the school board level for the sake of our children. And pastors across the country, you need to be spearheading this. Look at Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 is a critical component. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. We're supposed to raise children in this capacity. We're supposed to teach them the moral law, which then proceeds into civil law and how we're to look at one another, that there is one human race, that we're one blood. There's going to be different ethnicities, but there's one race, the human race. And now you're going to be teaching that in your Iowa schools, in your Ohio school districts, that to state that as a racist idea, uh, that's problematic. And, and bottom line, that's racist. That is the real definition of racist. It doesn't matter how much Joy Reid or anyone else wants to redefine the lexicon according to Saul Alinsky. What's happening in America is outright racism with critical race theory. That's what it is. Educate yourself. Contend at the school board. If they're going to shut you down, they're going to silence your mic, show up the following week. Write letters to the editor. If they don't want to publish those, then pull your advertising and the businesses that you, you frequent that advertise that, but pull it. You can control the community. You can control what happens here in the sense that we don't want our children being doctrinated with racist ideas that are pitting us against one another to destroy the great gift that we have in the United States of America, a land that has had more unprecedented freedom than any other nation in the history of the world. Senator Ted Cruz, uh, he's got a way of encapsulating everything in a, in a simple tweet. Take, take a look at Senator Cruz's recent tweet. He says here, the federal government has no right to force political agenda onto Americans, especially one that aims to tear down our institutions and divide us based on race. I'm proud to lead efforts to ensure the government doesn't contribute to the radical hashtag critical race theory ideology. Uh, good words. Stay the course, Senator Cruz. All of those elected officials, especially squishy Republicans, get your act together. Hold the line. We, the people, the sovereign who allow you to govern by our consent, are holding you accountable. And folks, listen, I don't know what you're doing this Sunday, but I know what you need to be doing. You need to be here at either 9, 11, or 1 o'clock to hear... Uh, Dr. James Lindsay, come and share. He is the author of the book, Cynical Theories, How Universities Made Everything About Race, Gender, and Identity, and Why This Harms Everybody. This is not a conservative man. I don't think he's ever voted Republican. He may have voted for Trump. I think he did, which would be the very first time in his lifetime he voted conservative. 
he is a classical liberal. He's an atheist, and he's going to be in our pulpit on Sunday. And all of you out there saying, how could the pastor have an atheist? Well, I got news for you. No one has done a greater uh, scholastic work, in my estimation, maybe equal to, although Vody Bachman, by his own admission, gleaned from Dr. Lindsay when he wrote his book, Fault Lines, which is dealing with critical race theory. But I have to say, the scholarly work and the footnoting and all that this man has done to define this for America, his work is seminal, it's powerful, and that's why I want him to come and share. And if you want to hold me in contempt and you want to judge me, that's all right. You got that right. Welcome to America. Um, and, but if you want to learn about critical race theory, then come at 9, 11, and 1. If you want to sit and, you know, throw stones at us and not participate in the dialogue and the education of our community as this is being thrust upon us and destroying the lives of our children and their future, then you go ahead and sit back and complain. In the meantime, we're going to continue whatever things are true whatever things are pure. We're going to meditate on those things. We're going to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're going to contend for these inalienable rights that liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Apostle Paul said while he was in prison, stand fast therefore in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. Uh, God is all about setting the captives free. James Lindsay has done an amazing work and has been tireless in this endeavor. And I think the church and the pastors in our nation need to awaken to this truth and start contending for the captives, especially our children who are being, who are being enslaved by propaganda and indoctrination. We need to contend in the public square, the ecclesia, the ecclesia. Yes, that's the word. Jesus co-opted a secular term. In Matthew, when he said, upon this rock, I'll build my public square, the assembly, uh, the ecclesia existed hundreds of years before Christ had co-opted that secular term. He didn't say synagogue. He didn't say temple. He said ecclesia. He knew what he was saying. He meant what he said. And when he said the gates of hell will not prevail, gates enslave and they, they, they uh, hold people prison, in prison. And, and uh, we, we're going to set them free. And we're going to do that by truth. And so I welcome Dr. James Lindsay. Come out 9, 11, and 1, and then next Wednesday, he will be our guest on this program. And so with that, folks, thank you for being tireless. Everyone should fire up, attend your school board meetings, stop this incessant cancer that is going to destroy our nation and imprison our children. Rise up. We are not racist. You are Americans. You love people. You're Christians. We're one blood, one race. There's different ethnicities, but we will not participate in racism as the left is doing and trying to redefine the lexicon and saying, oh, we're not racist, but we just want to keep Asians out of Harvard. Sorry, they're going to take Title VI and use it exactly opposite of what it was intended. Sorry, uh, we're Christians. We won't allow you to treat other people in the human race that way. And we're not going to pit our children against one another based on the content of melanin, an immutable trait that we had no control over. And no, the lack of melanin does not make you systemically racist. And are you ready for this one? America is the least racist nation on the face of the earth. There you have it. And with that, tonight is a blessing for all of you because in this day and age, if God is for us, who can be against us? He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to empower you, strengthen you. And you are courageous. You're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So this blessing is for all of you tonight. 
and it's out of number six. And here we go. Folks, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as I've said in every broadcast, uh, most of them, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of the Prince of Peace, Christ, in the midst of the conflict. You're contending with ideologies. There, you're going to find conflict. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And, and this is the idea. It's, it's pitting family members against one another. This is, this is a wholehearted attempt by the left to divide and conquer and apply the Hegelian dialectic. Saul Alinsky knew what he was doing. He's sharp and evil doesn't sleep. So folks, it's time for us to awaken and to contend for the future of our children and our grandchildren. This will be our finest hour and it's time to rise up. Awaken, awaken, awaken. And with that awakening will come a revival. And so may God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.